0: So, listen, it's uh, oh, my back. <laughs> oh, I moved in a weird way then, just then. Oh, there's a lot going on, man. So, uh, since we last talked, the um, couple things happened. So, you, I'm going to give you a little background on the new show launching on the network that we've talked a bunch about. Uh, Since so, a lot of you have heard about it on Twitter and stuff, but we haven't really talked too much about it publicly. Publicly, this is a show I'm launching with Tom Merritt. Might be familiar to some of you because we're going to use a name that we have previously used for a lot of reasons. Why mainly because we get to finally kind of do with it what we want, but also it makes a few things easier. And I think it's a good name. Uh, but Tom Merritt was, as you may be aware, let go from the Twit network and uh. Is now launching into a bunch of new projects, and it was the perfect window for us to go. Okay, yeah, finally we can, we can pull the trigger on this because he's got more time for it, and also he's aiming to go pretty heavily independent uh, with everything he does. So he'll not necessarily be, you know, in an organization that is going to uh, have ownership over all the projects he does. Not that that's a bad option. He just wants to explore that, which I totally understand and support as someone who's doing that himself. So I totally get it. And um, as a result, we pretty quickly turned around on this idea and some people think a little too quick. There's like conspiracy about it. There shouldn't be. I mean, we literally, I found out about his, his change uh, with Twit and his desire to move forward. And I went, all right, great. Let's pull the trigger on something we've already been sort of talking about on and off for a long time anyway. And we are going to call the new show, the name of an old show. We're going to call it Current Geek. I have currentgeek.com and I've had it for years and love that domain and always wish we could do more with that domain. And we had a little show surrounding it for a while that was okay, but we were a little bit constrained on it. We weren't allowed to talk about tech and some of the other stuff that Tom would love to obviously talk about. So there was always that, this weird constrained quality to it, um, you know, in that we couldn't always explore some of the things we wanted to. So we're going to have none of that this time. And also, it is a very different kind of format. It's going to be weekly. It's going to be Tom and I and a round table of other guests. Typically, these people will be uh, people in and around and friends of the Frog Pants Network. And the reason we like that is every time we all get together for whatever reason, guesting on each other's shows or showing up at Nerdtacular together or hanging out at BlizzCon or whatever the thing is, people meeting up at DragonCon, there's always like a spark that lights. And we realized, man, we have really surrounded ourselves with some smart, talented, interesting people. And we want to have them involved in this often. So you'll see a lot of rotating guests, people that are familiar to you on the network. Brian Nibbitts of the world, the Randy Jordans, the Spagnolos, the Veronica Belmonts. Gosh, who else is there? So many more that I'm not saying because my brain's a little mushy today. But you get the idea. Even our French friend Patrick Beja will pop in and tell us why American American policies are the worst and why his weird government has it all figured out. Things like that. We're not going to talk about that, probably. Maybe a little, but it will cover all kinds of cool topics. And like I said, even though, I mean, it'll have a very heavy tech focus, pop culture focus, things that are going on uh, during the week that uh, matter and that we want to discuss. I, we right now think the show will go about an hour. But as far as all those kinds of details, we're going to have an, a hangout next week on Google and tell everybody about it. And they can ask questions and hang out with us. So watch for that. We'll have a lot more of this ironed out before then. But for now, you can go to currentgeek.com. There's even a link where you can go help support uh, our plans. And, you know, we thought about doing, hey, we should do like a Kickstarter, man, and launch the show and go crazy with it. But I think people are... I wouldn't say you're kickstarted out, but you don't need me bringing you one more. You know what I mean? There's plenty of good kickstarters. I think that's an awesome thing anyway. But me coming up and going, "Hey, check it out, one more. Give us your money." Uh not as interested in that. I just feel like I don't want to I don't want to, you know, keep returning to that well so often that people get burned on it. But I know people want to support us and I love that. So as a result, we've put up a link that will help you do that. There's some packages you can get. It's kind of Kickstarter style, but they're just in our store. And there's no limit, and there's no 30-day window. It's it's whatever you want, whenever you want kind of thing. And there's some uh, some some sweet benefits in doing that. Things we'll send you, ship you, give you if you want to help us out. Anyway, there's all that. That's at CurrentGeek.com, and more to come. Lots more to come. We're planning on launching, if we can, the first week of January. There's a There's back and forth as to how... <laughs> how well we're going to get our crap together before then, but I think we're going to be okay. I'm hoping to have this new studio done by then, so that'll be good. Hopefully I can be filming from within there when we live stream it. And don't worry, it's not all video. The video will be streamed, but we'll be doing uh, as much of that as we can that makes sense and is affordable for uh, a live audience. And then, of course, this will all be archived on MP3 every week, just like normal. On the, uh, The current Geek feed will actually be the one you'll use. So, it's already up on iTunes, already available, already there. And we'll have a backup RSS for all the old Current Geek stuff. If anyone ever wants to access that again, we'll have a place for that too. So, we're not stripping that away. So, it's very exciting. It's all very good. And I'm pretty pumped about it, as you might imagine. There's a lot that goes into this sort of thing, but we have become old pros at it. We want to make this a significant tent pole, as they say. On the network, I would like it to be. Uh, if you're interested in sponsorships, we got those open as well. Uh, but the goal is to build a big old pillar of a show. One that you think of, you know, the way that now you think of the Instance or TMS or FilmSack or whatever. I want this to be one of those. And uh, just happy to be doing it with people I like, including Tom. who was always fun to do things with, so. There you have it. That's coming. Uh, gosh, what else? So I did want to. I t- I've been telling you every time we do one of these that I'd like to answer questions you might have, and many of you have sent them in. So I'm going to do one. We got one from Matt, who says, "I was curious as to where you draw the line with what you say about your family on your podcast. Some of your most touching and to me connecting stories are the stories you tell about your family." So his his question really boils down to at what you know what lines are there where do I draw the line like what's too personal what's what's not um, what seems personal but isn't but what it what might seem innocent but I think is personal or whatever where are my where are my boundaries when it comes to sharing family stuff on the uh, on the diary well Matt thank you for your email. And by the way, you can send yours in to uh, Scott at frog at FrogPants.com. Scott at FrogPants.com. That's fine. That'll work. Um, yeah, the, uh, this has been a, I mean, it's a hard one. I have I've friends and family who have a very strict line. It's like, no talking about kids or wife or anybody online. Uh, you know, all that stuff's off limits. Personal life, personal, public life, public, and that's it. I am of the opinion and belief currently. Oh, what is this box doing here? Hold on. Too much stuff in here. Can't wait until this office is done. I got to get my crap moved. Oh. Um, And situated, mainly. I just got to get organized. What was my... Where was I going? (laughs) Oh. So, like, for example, when my kids were little... No big deal. If you say, "Ah, oh, yeah, my kid put a pop tart in the VCR today," ha ha ha! How weird! Oh, kids, kids today, because they don't care. You can tell stories like that. They they're not gonna. Dad, I can't believe you told that. You know, they don't care. They're not. They're not like teenagers. They didn't care. Why would they care? So, I, I in the old days of this show, I talked about that stuff because, you know, kids are more uh, objects at that point for lack of a better term, or a, a, a creature to be acted upon, you have to parent them, you have to teach them what to do. You kind of are calling the shots as a parent. And so you don't give as much leeway to their point of view when they're little, because what's they don't have one yet really. But as they get older, they start to build one. And I'm not perfect at this. I'm I'm kind of, you know, I'm a little fuzzy on when's the right time, For me to be okay talking about an awkward moment with one of my kids versus when is, you know, at a bad time to mention that, you know, he's 13 now and uh, something weird happened to his hair at school or whatever. And, And at what point do I start offending his sensibilities and breaching his trust, even if it's just unspoken trust where, you know, we didn't have to specifically say or he didn't have to come to me and go, dad, you can't freaking talk about what happened to my hair today there should be an understanding that I just wouldn't do it because, again, I'm sensitive to his needs, right? That's the idea. And that's kind of how I do it. Like, I, I mean, there are plenty of conversations I have with my kids or with Kim or whatever, man, whoever. People that are, I suppose, closest to me where there may have been an anecdote or a funny moment or something that would be interesting to tell here or to share. And I don't, you know, withhold because I don't want to, again, I don't want to breach trust. I don't want, I don't want people to think that I'm just chatty Cathy about everything because, you know, it's a very fine line when you're trying to build relationships with your children, especially when they're in their teen years and they're trying to kind of navigate their way around and figure out what the crap's going on. They don't need a dad who's just a, a giant douche who talks you know, about their weaknesses or their goof-ups or their failures or their even their successes to some degree. So I try to be careful with that. That isn't to say I haven't goofed up a couple of times where I've mentioned something, usually not on here, but like on TMS or something where, I don't know, I told some story that I shouldn't have or maybe it was a borderline thing and it, you know, it could have gone either way or something. And then one of them will catch wind that they heard it and they'll be like, Dad, you can't believe you know, and I'll have to kind of go, Oh shoot, I'm sorry, and either retract it or correct it, or at the very least I apologize and, you know, try not to do that again. So there is no perfect way here. I don't have any master plan. But I I think general rules of thumb apply, and I have a few of those. And, you know, just about what you sense to be too personal. I have all kinds of really, really great heart to heart conversations, for example, with my oldest daughter. She's gonna call me here in about half an hour in fact to tell me something that happened today that she's dying to tell me about and if I want to be the kind of dad that continually has that relationship with his kids where they are willing to talk to me at a drop of a hat or call me at specific times or whatever and tell me about what happened in their day with a guy or with a work situation or whatever it may be I need to be open to that and I need to be available for that and also I need to not treat it so lightly that I just smeared all over the web as if it's nothing because it isn't nothing. It's something. It's important. So uh, as an example on Sunday, Saturday, sorry, not Sunday, Saturday had a two and a half hour conversation with my oldest and I sat in my closet for most of it because I just happened to be in there and I tend to pace when I talk. So I paced everywhere and then finally settled in the closet somehow. It was quiet in there. We have very, very long, very heart to heart, very, you know, private conversation about how she's doing and, you know, life and goals and plans and setbacks and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to detail that here because that that stuff's not for you. It's, It's, you know, it's not really for anybody. It's for me and her. It's not even for Kim so much. She has plenty of those conversations with her too, and I'm and I'm not a part of some of those, and rightly so. I don't need to be. Those are mom-daughter conversations. I mean, I like teasing that it's always about, you know, makeup and freaking periods and things, right? (laughs) I do tease them, but but you know what I mean. They can have those, they need to have those, and I need to have those too, and those need to stay where they're at. Now, if we had a conversation about why she thinks the walking dead is the best show ever and i have problems with that or whatever well that's different again you kind of get a feel for it you have a gut a gut feeling that that's okay or something else isn't you need to have your social cues and your boundaries and your your crowd awareness and your everything else it's all that same stuff so that's how i decide there is no there is no connect the dots measures to take to do this it's just knowing what's right and I've been doing it long enough. I think I've got it down pretty well. So that's how that works. Thanks for the question. That's awesome, Matt. I really appreciate it. We got another one here from, let's see, this is from Keith who says, Scott, suggestion for a topic to talk about on the diary. You watched the Dear Mr. Watterson documentary and I heard the views of other cartoonists. Can we hear what influence Bill had on you specifically? Thanks, Keith. Um, this guy's name is Keith Watterson, by the way. They're not related is interesting anyway i really like that documentary quite a bit and there are people in it who i like a lot and and, uh, have a lot of respect for but primarily um what intrigued me about it was the privacy the the kind of speaking of privacy this is a guy that wouldn't do anything publicly really bill watterson kept everything all his personal life he's very private man his comic is really his only outward expression and anytime somebody tried to take advantage of that by making him uh, appear too many places or speak at too many conventions or, um, you know, market his stuff so that it was going to be plastered everywhere and everybody would have plushies and stuff, uh, he would fight back pretty hard against that stuff. And every, this is all known stuff, but it's the, the documentary gets pretty deep into why, maybe the questions as to why and what his motivations were. And it's a fascinating look at the man. Um, for me, the inspiration that I always got from Calvin and Hobbes, which was a big, big, big deal for me. There really are three major influences, artistically speaking, when I was growing up. It was Charles Schultz and Peanuts. Uh was a huge deal for me. still is. Uh, Mort Drucker. He was uh, primarily an artist for Mad Magazine, but did a lot of other great stuff, too. He uh, is an unending inspiration for me. One of my favorite artists of all time. He's still with us, but... Probably not for long. I hope he's here a little while longer, but fascinating, interesting man. Uh, and if you don't know his work, go look it up. I'm sure you've seen it. He did most of like the big movie and TV parody spreads for mad in the, uh, 70s and the seventies and eighties. And they're just, it's stuff's amazing. Nineties too. Um, And the third, third, and and this is not in any particular order, but the third would be Bill Watterson. And you could throw Gary Larson in there and some other guys that were very impactful to me, but there's something really special about Calvin and Hobbes, and no one's really quite duplicated it since. There's not, there's not anything I could point to and say, "Yep, there it is." There's the legacy living on. Like he kind of pretty much, pretty much was the end of that of that era, and and carried it so strongly. But it's his work ethic and focus on the work, and his ability to tap into his child self. Lack of a better term. His, uh, you know, willingness to accept the fact that there's kind of a kid in all of us and it's okay to tap into that and see, you know, explore that and see where, where our, uh, where our adulthood gets in the way. And that strip was really, really good at that. So I recommend people see it. I don't, I know you can get it on iTunes and there's other ways to get it now digitally, but you should get and, and watch, uh, dear Mr. Waterson If you get a chance, it was pretty fascinating. I had some problems with it but they weren't anything to do with the subject. It was just the way they handled certain film things that I just thought were weird. But subject itself is, is well broached and talked about and lots of really interesting people, uh, people you hardly ever hear from who were uh, contemporaries of his and, and otherwise. So definitely worth checking out. So thank you for that question. I'll just do two today. I got more lined up, but I'd love more too. So uh, Scott, at Frog, or yeah, Scott at frogpants.com. Send them in. Happy to answer him here. So next week, we think Tuesday, but we're not 100% on that. I'm waiting to hear back from Tom. Actually, he just said, let's see. All right, I'll work it out with him. But we're looking at next Tuesday. We just got to figure out when during the day. Follow me on Twitter, at Scott Johnson, or Tom at Ace Detectable. We'll keep you informed, okay? Okay? Okay. What else? That's it. That's it for this week. Maybe another one later in the week. We'll see. Getting close to Christmas. Lots of stuff going on. My office is a mess because we're getting the studio done. But times are good. Times are great. We've got the whole world on a plate. Starting here. So, okay, I'll stop. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. Next time, next time. Next time, everybody. Next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.